Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your work in our lives and using us to get the gospel out to others. And Lord, just uh, we thank you for the fellowship of believers that we have with other men of like faith and practice. And Lord, that you've led them to uh, different places literally all over the face of the earth. Lord, we thank you for your protection and strength. And Lord, we thank you that you love us and keep us each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, kids. There we go. And uh, they study about missions and things. And you even have their own little offering envelopes now. And and uh, it has been... Uh, a very special time for for them on Sunday nights, and so encourage you there. Take your Bibles if you would, and let's just go to Psalm 32. Uh, really not intended to do a series on the Psalms, but Sunday nights just seems to lend itself to some of these wonderful songs of old. And um, Psalm 32. Let's just read right through the Psalm. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to, unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon thee. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I, Selah, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto thee. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Selah. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be not as the horse or as the mule which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous, and shout for joy all that are upright in heart. This is a psalm of David. And he is bringing to us the, really, uh, what I like to call the instructions on seeking God's forgiveness. Uh, There's not a one of us that has not sinned against God, has not broken his commandments, but we have to understand something. There is blessing here for those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Now, all of these phrases are describing one thing. A person who knows the forgiveness of sins. Uh, Many times I've had people say, 
uh, in the office, uh, well, I know God's able to forgive me, but I can't forgive me for what I've done. And uh, really, what, what that is, is nothing more than pride, nothing more than an unwillingness to accept what God has done. How many times do we go to God? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And it almost seems too easy. In fact, there are people who, who sin. Dear God, please forgive me. Now I'm going to go do it again. And they, uh, the Bible tells us that that kind of heart attitude, that kind of uh, situation is not what this verse is talking about. This verse is talking about the person who struggles with life. And if we get looking at ourselves and our failures and how many times we come up short in our service for the Lord, I'll tell you what, you just get depressed and want to quit, don't you? But if we'll remember something, God knew about our sin long before we were born. Now, we're not Calvinist. We don't believe God planned our sin. Amen? Uh, We don't believe God is the author of sin. Uh, But God did know exactly our life choices, the decisions we made. And, And many times, God will help you. Uh, You wonder why some people just have such a propensity uh, to evil and to wrongdoing, and it just seems that nothing makes sense. Well, read the story of Pharaoh uh, and the children of Israel in the land of Egypt. It says that Moses told him, he said, for this reason I have raised thee up. I have made you Pharaoh so I can show in you my mighty power. God knew Pharaoh would rebel. He knew that Pharaoh wasn't going to listen. And so he helped him out a little bit. Pharaoh hardened his heart. God said, if that's the direction you want to go in, let me help you out. And God hardened his heart. That's why sin makes no sense. But I'll tell you, the reverse is true as well. And we'll read about it in here. If you will soften your heart to the things of God, you can enjoy the blessings that are in this psalm. It says, blessed, that means happy, full of blessing, is he whose transgression is forgiven. And and we could really just spend the whole night on the first two verses here, which is not my goal, but forgiveness. I mean, what an incredible word. Every religion in the world offers a paid forgiveness. How many of you remember going to the priest and you said, you, oh, oh, Father, I have sinned. And he would say, do this and do that and say so many of these. And, do, and you knew what was expected of you. you. You were paying for your sins, sometimes literally. In the Catholic religion, in in the uh, uh, every other religion, uh, the one that astounds me the most are the Protestants. 
It comes down to basically this. Well, you do the best you can and God understands. If, as long as you're doing good, God understands. Oh, wait a minute. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. The, there is only one that is good, and that is God. That's what Jesus said to the rich young ruler, now wasn't it? So how in the world do we do enough good? The, the thing is, I am free because Jesus paid it for me. That is God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is still based on payment. And, and uh, we use the word propitiation. It's just a few times in our Bible. But the understanding of the word propitiation is much more than the simple idea of payment. It is the fact that Jesus, who is God, paid to the Father the price of our sins. Do you get that? God initiated the payment of the debt that you and I owe Him through the work of Jesus Christ. And if you know God's forgiveness, tell you what, you are blessed. That's what this verse is talking about. Whose whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. This idea of imputing is uh, transferring or holding someone responsible. Um, It is an American thing. When something goes wrong, we want to hold someone responsible. Isn't it true? And we want to find out who did it and why they did it and when they knew what and all of these things. Aren't you glad that it says here that God is not going to impute iniquity? He's not holding us responsible because Jesus paid the price. And it says, in whose spirit there is no guile. You know, sometimes things happen in our life and, and we, we know that God forgives sins, but He doesn't always take away the scars. I mean, there are sometimes we do things in this life that we're just not going to be rid of. And David was writing this psalm. You know what? David had one series of events in his life that he would reap the benefits from that until his die, until actually after he was dead and in the grave. Uh, he committed sin with Bathsheba and then her husband was killed in the war. But the reason he died was because of David's plotting. David sent a letter by his own hand knowing the character of Uriah that he would never read the king's uh, message to his general Joab. And Uriah was put in the hottest point of the battle. And the guys that were backing him up 
just stepped back and Uriah was killed. And part of David's judgment says the sword is not going to depart from your family. And four of David's sons, the child that was born of the adultery, died. Amnon was killed by Absalom because of his sin. Absalom was killed in the battle. And then even after David was dead, his eldest living son, who thought he should be king, had to be executed by Solomon in order to establish the kingdom and stop all of the uh, uh, unrest in the family. God will keep you from that kind of sin if you'll stay in His Word. In whose spirit there is no guile. God will forgive you. But he'll also keep you from things that will destroy your life. You've, and we, this is the blessings that God gives. But here's how it works. David said, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Now, someone told me about this, and I'm not sure where it came from. One of my kids was telling me uh, they have a lie detector test. They fill your mouth with flour. And if you can't swallow it, then you were telling a lie. You know why? Because when you're telling a lie... Your saliva dries up. You know, oh, that's pretty interesting. And, and that is medically true. It does. And, and here David is, is describing what happens. How many of you have ever done something and tried to cover it up? It says, my roaring all the day long. You know... When you're trying to cover something up, you talk about it all the time. You, you make noise. You, you're trying to do things. I think Shakespeare put it this way. Methinks the lady doth protest too much. Um, and the whole idea is here, I'm not talking to God. But... My conscience and everything that's in me is totally hyperactive and going on nonstop. Every time I see anything that reminds me of what I've done wrong, it comes back uh, to me. Uh, there is no rest for day and night because the Holy Spirit of God is putting His hand upon you and you know there's only one place to go. I've never have gotten this, and, and people say, do it all the time. Uh, they'll say, oh, th there's just some things that aren't right, Pastor. I'll come back to church when I get it straightened out. And my rejoinder has always been, where else do you think you're going to get it straightened out, my friend? If you're not back in church under the preaching of the, of the Word of God, you're never going to get it straightened out. The most miserable person you will ever meet in this earth is someone 
whom God wants to forgive. And they don't want to go to God to get forgiveness. I'll tell you, you can't be more miserable than that. And so we get the instruction here. Verse 5, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Look at this. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Now, the word iniquity is often used in, in reference to sin itself in the Bible. But right here it says, thou hast forgiven me the iniquity of my sin. You know, you cannot just sin once. We think we can do one thing wrong. Well, I'm just going to tell this little lie so I can uh, keep myself out of bigger trouble. How many of you have ever gotten that accomplished? Didn't think so. You know what? It never, ever works. Because iniquity is injustice. It's the wrong that's connected. You see, you can't only sin with yourself. You say, but what I do in private is my own business. Uh, no, it's not. By the way, in the Internet age, can you do anything in private today? I think of these stories that just keep coming back. Uh, what was it? It was one guy. The police were looking for him. They had a warrant sworn out for his arrest. They couldn't find him. And, and they decided to just do a Facebook search. There he was. Had a picture of him. And a Greyhound bus. You know, it didn't take him long to find him. Dumb, 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 dumb. I love Paul Harvey's dumb criminal stories. Have any of you ever heard some of those? I mean, they are hilarious. Uh, just the silly things people do. There, You heard about the guy, one quick one. It, this is just... He, he wanted to get out of alimony payments. And so he puts on a ski mask and goes to the local bank and he writes a note to the teller. And the teller looks at him and says, calls his name and says, what are you doing here? And of course, he gets arrested for bank robbery. Now, what he was thinking he would do was commit some kind of, uh, of, of crime that would put him in the county jail uh, and he would miss his trial and, and all of this for the divorce and he wouldn't have to pay alimony while he's in jail. He didn't realize that bank robbery is a federal offense and you serve time in federal penitentiaries and you lose your citizenship and you lose everything. I'll tell you what, you never do right by doing wrong. But when we confess our sins, He forgives us the iniquity of our sin. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And we move to that next one. It says, For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. You know when God may be found? Right now. 
You have no guarantees of tomorrow, my friend. We understand. And if we could get this, it is much better to face God with what I've done than it is to try to cover it up. It doesn't make any sense. How can you hide something from God? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we went through the story of Jonah. I mean, Jonah said, I'm not going to do what God said. Bad life choice. Amen? And even after the fish, and even after the preaching, and even after that, Jonah still had a stinking, rotten attitude toward God's mercy. I'll tell you what. It's not worth it, my friend. That's why the psalmist says, for this cause. Here is the reason. Everyone that is godly, for this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Don't wait until the floodwaters have reached the first story to begin praying. God can keep you safe. That's what it says for the... Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh thee. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Psalm 23. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Listen. When we obey God, when we confess our sins to Him... He makes decisions for us that keep us away from the trouble. That keep us out of the danger that is coming. Uh, this is a fairly poor illustration, but it is, uh, it is just a truth in statistics. In New York City, the death rate has gotten so low. It's, it's unbelievable. Do you know that nearly 90% of all murders in New York City are attached to the drug trade in one way or another? If you want to get murdered, go out and start dealing drugs. Start being involved in that. That It's unbelievable. The attachment that there is to these two things. You want to be safe? Confess your sins to God and start walking with Him and it will keep you from trouble. The waters of the great floods, when they come, when these great catastrophes happen, God has the ability to keep you away from that. He knows when it's going to happen. He knows how it's going to happen. And He can keep you out of trouble. But it only happens when you pray to God now, and you walk with Him now, and you will have much blessings. It says, Thou art my hiding place, thou shalt preserve me from trouble I can be singing songs of deliverance while everyone else 
that has chosen a different path is going through difficulties. I mean, how many times have you actually just sat down and looked at all the sorrow and all the suffering and all the proud pain that goes on in this world? You ever felt guilty about being a Christian? Say, why am I not going through all of that? Well, it's because I called on him in a time when he could be found. And he directed my paths and kept me from those things. Does that sound like blessings to you? It certainly does to me. And God will do that in our lives. And then the Lord speaks here. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Now, how many of you know what it means to be guided with your eye? I mean, every once in a while, one of my kids will be sitting there. And I'll look at him. You ever had somebody stare at you and get your attention by staring at you? Uh, I'll get their eye, and all of a sudden it's... You know what has happened? They've been guided. And let me tell you, it's a whole lot better to be guided by the eye than the other ways. I mean, sometimes you have to give a little guidance in a very stern and severe way because they're not going to take guidance any other way. And the example here is the horse and the mule. How many of you have ever ridden a horse? How many of you love riding horses? My hand does not go up. I I, I just don't like riding horses because, you see, in a car, you've got lots of horsepower. And all you do is turn that little wheel and it goes wherever you want. But, you know, if you don't know how to sit in the saddle right and ride on the stirrups instead of on the saddle... It's not fun riding a horse. I remember it was the first time I actually rode a real horse. And, and the guy said, now, you, you got to ride in the stirrups. And I said, well, what was that? And I mean, I, you know, you have to have a sense of timing. I, I can do that with music, but not on a horse. Um, my timing was perfectly out of sync. I mean, the horse came up. I was coming down. The horse was going up. I'm, oh, my. Uh, that was just not fun. And then he broke into a trot. It was just like every bone in my body. I said, how in the world did they do this on the television? This is nuts. And But if you don't hold that bridle, I mean, the horse has a way of knowing. If you're sitting there holding that bridle loose, he'll, he'll run you right up against the fence and rub you off. Uh there, there are horses that are just mean that way. They'll take you under a low-lying branch and see if they can knock you off the saddle. You've got to, you've got to run that horse. I don't like doing that. And God says, don't be like a horse or a mule. They tell the story of General Patton. They were advancing through Sicily and the entire uh, division was held up. Because they couldn't get across the bridge. On the bridge was a man and his cart. And the mules had balked. And Patton goes riding up in his jeep up to the very front. 
uh, of the thing and and several of the guys have gotten out of the tanks and things and are trying to pull these things and Patton had a cure for that. Zip bang, zip bang, two dead mules off the side of the bridge and kept moving. You know, you can't make a, mo- a mule move when they don't want to. You can't do it. Now, one old Amish man learned a trick. You tie a carrot to a stick. And you just put it out in front. Every once in a while, you let him get a nip. And that mule will go anywhere you want. But you know something? God says, I don't want to ride you guys like a horse. I don't want to have to treat you like a dumb mule. He said, I want to guide you with my eye. I want you to look at me and understand what I'm saying. How do we look into the eye of God? Remember that verse? Keep thy law as the apple of thine eye. You know, if I have God's law reflecting in my eye, I'm going to know what He wants me to do. He's going to give me that direction. I'm not going to be like a dumb donkey or a mule or a horse. It says, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. Verse 10, But he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. How do you get mercy? By admitting defeat and coming to the victor. And getting direction. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, ye righteous. Shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. Does that mean those that are upright in heart are never going to be in transgression or never going to sin? No. But what it means is, when we fail, where do we go? We go back to the Lord. You know, that's the difference between a believer in Christ and someone who is not. When a sinner sins and understands they've done something wrong and they've hurt people, they say, I'm sorry, uh, let me try again. When a Christian sins, we go to God, we get forgiveness. He cleanses us from the iniquity of our sin. All of the ancillary things that are attached to it. And He lets us walk in His ways. Shouldn't that make you shout for joy? Won't that keep you upright in heart as we serve Him? Beautiful song. Written by a man who knows God's forgiveness. Let us walk in the truth. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. But he that trusteth in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice ye righteous. And shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. 
I will guide thee with mine eye. And all God's people said, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for your word and we thank you for this wonderful song that is recorded here for us. We ask now that you would help us. If there is something in our heart between us and you, then, Lord, we would look to that immediately in the next few moments of the invitation. And, Lord, that we would walk in the way, that we would be guided with your eye and not have to be bridled like a horse, to be ridden and pulled in every direction which we should go. Give us grace, Lord, to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we say amen, if you need to just slip out and spend a few moments, the altar is open. Pray right there in your seat if you would like, and then we'll get into our prayer time. Take just a few moments.